Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are talk full of that, man. right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold sets up. If you're going to blitz, come strong. But don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howe. Let's not waste any time and get right into the proceedings. He is the master of the soundboard, the driver's machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well. How about yourself? Terrific. And the third member of our team, our lockdown corner here on the show, Lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All-America, 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award, fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003, spent his NFL career with Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas in the 40 acres where he earned his degree. Whenever that T-ring comes in, we will make sure he wears it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU, and when you get that All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, they make sure you get one of those black cards. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. Thanks for the intro, brother. It's always impressive. As Rod, always. I gotta tell you, man. Always appreciative. I appreciate your filing system and <laughs> how, how organized you keep everything, no, dude, but we've got to get me. you like some tabs or no, I something. I mean, no, see, yeah, he's yeah. got his own internal mind computer it's just like the downloading of files and grabbing look, a file I, out gonna, of your computer he is. just mentally has yeah. the files i'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take a picture of computer. What, it, what it looks yeah. like when rod is you can take a picture of mine too because i got my three over here as well matt well matt's got i just the, run uh, in with my handy ones matt's got the steve spurrier like color-coded plate yeah exactly there. see matt's is impressive so matt's is a lot more organized organized well, i just have less topics i'm only working on one thing daily fantasy you have all these different yeah that's why it's actually well, Rod, I know you've got some notes, thoughts, uh, things you wrote down, things you took yeah. away from the Tom Herman press conference this week. It's the first time we've heard from Tom Herman since the Alamo Bowl. There was no signing day press conference, and that was to be understood. You know, the Texans only had two guys sign. Alfred Collins was later in the day, so and I believe Tom Herman was traveling, maybe a little time off, because uh, a change in the recruiting calendar, February is actually a dead month. No on-campus visits, no off-campus visits, so uh, the Texas coaches have nothing to do from a recruiting standpoint. It's all about off-season workouts, so uh, you know some time off for Tom Herman a little bit for the staff. Yeah. But they're back in the thick of it. Want to workouts? A couple of dates to get to before we get to the meat and potatoes. And then this edition of the Blitz, we'll be focusing more on kind of the roster moves, the position changes. Tom Herman talked about this week. But spring practice is going to start March 24th. They'll have pro timing day April 1st, and then the spring game set for April 25th. Like so there you go. Yeah, a little bit later start to spring ball. But Rod, I guess with the new staff, that's understandable. I was gonna say they. Need the, they need the time um, just to get to know each other, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Um, like, Mark Hagan had gotten to campus, so the press conference was Tuesday. He'd gotten there, like, Monday afternoon. So he's still, like, meeting guys, getting oh, yeah. to know each other. And, like, oh, he was meeting Learning us. Meeting names he, of 85 like, people. No, he really not just, not, Yeah, <laughs> not just that. Like, he, he was meeting us as a media corps, and he hadn't even met with John Bianco yet. It's like, they had their introduction, like, after things were over. It's just kind of everybody's drinking out of a fire hose over there right now. So. Yeah, no, it's a. And I, you know what, it, it is totally understandable. But I think, you know, they've already football wise, they they know them better than they do the people in terms yeah. of the team. Like they mm-hmm. watched a ton of film on the guys. Yeah. They, that's you know funny. I mean? Like they, they yeah, got to put a face to the name. They got to put a face to the football. Yeah, the football yeah. personality and the football persona. Or the they number. Know, but yeah, they've broken down a ton of film. I, I guarantee know fourteen. You, those guys, from what I've heard about Yurcich, I mean, he's obsessive, and so is Chris Ash. So I, those guys have probably been they haven't been sleeping. They've been watching a ton of film. I'm just want to try to kind of digest the personnel, the skill sets. You know who needs to be uh, coached up where in their new system, who's going to fit in best, all that kind of stuff. Well, Fascinating. When we talk about the roster, let's start on offense because I think there's more. I want to circle back to defense and finish with that, Rod, because I know some of it intertwines with some things we talked about, especially yeah. the nickel position, and we'll get to that. But let's start on offense, where as we've expected, Roshan Johnson's going to stay at running back. I don't think anybody has any issue with that. When you look at the 
the quarterback room this spring, you've obviously got Sam Ellinger coming back as a senior. You've got Casey Thompson as a third-year sophomore now going into his third spring since he was an early enrollee. Yeah. And then you've got Hudson Card as a true freshman. So, Rod, with three scholarship quarterbacks, it was going to be tough for your fourth guy to get reps. I, I think we can all agree Hudson Card needs as much work as, as he possibly can get, especially learning this new offense, digesting and everything. So that would be one reason to keep Roshan Johnson a running back. The other is, I think we can all agree, his upside's pretty damn high at that position. Yeah, in his NFL potential, uh, he has more of a Sunday skill set at running back quarterback. Yes. If you want to just break it down. But yeah. that's not an insult to him. That's just because he was just, honestly, you could argue it's a compliment to his athleticism. <laughs> right. um, the fact that he can switch positions like that so seamlessly and still actually at times be the best. He was the best running back for Texas, the best option that they had at running back. So I think for him, uh, that's how you sell it. You can see a lot of this is coaches being able to sell these position changes to the players. We talked about this. That's And it's different ways Tom Herman talked about, you know, when he talked to DeMarvion Overshone that the NFL, you know, scouts he talked to, they they said, hey, this is, you know, we see him as a linebacker at the next mm-hmm. level, whatever it was. Like, that's how he sold it to him. I would have sold it to him with that and, you know, I'd have made the position special for him. I think ideally, you know, Overshone moving to what, Will? Will moving to the Will linebacker. Yeah. I think you want him to be Isaiah Simmons. If, and I'm saying he's going to be that. <laughs> All right. No, I mean, that guy's going to be a top 10 pick at safety, linebacker, whatever the hell he is. But in terms of being able to utilize that specific skill set for a guy who's that got that freakish size and range and skill and speed, Isaiah Simmons, that's what Clemson maximized that guy. I don't know what he's going to be in the NFL level. Nobody really does because he they they used him in such a, a versatile manner of ways. He was, you know, multifarious for them. Um, right. And I think that's how you want DeMarvion Overshone to be in the end. But right now you got to master just something. So right now we're going to get you to master Will. When you master Will, oh, then we're going to start moving you all around, doing some other things. Yeah. But right now, yeah, you got to give him the master one thing. Can I ask you a philosophical football question? Go ahead. And maybe I'm that. maybe I'm way off on this. Football theory, baby. I don't want to get too far off on a tangent here, but this just uh, – I was thinking about the Overshone thing, and we'll get back to offense because there's a lot to get to there. But the Overshone thing got me thinking. If the late Sean Taylor played football today, mm-hmm. would Sean Taylor basically be Isaiah Simmons? Yeah, it'd be the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Just because of where the game has gone yeah. since then. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And it's just versatility. Like, he can literally be exactly that chess piece we always envision on the offensive end. It's yep. the defensive reactive component totally that can totally guard every single <laughs> because, thing that comes at him. And he's immediate matchup nightmare because you don't know where he's going to be. And <laughs> He's what, weaponized. And he can be effective in almost any those positions as a pass rusher, as a linebacker, as an Whatever, outside linebacker, if you as a deep safety. Matchup, yeah. It's exactly. just funny to hear people talk about Isaiah Simmons like, oh, we've never seen anything like this before. And yeah, I'm thinking, yeah. yeah, I have his name was Sean Taylor. Well, yeah, and they've had but Derwin James. Different. They've had Derwin James and, you know, Jamal Adams and Minka Fitzpatrick. And so, we, we you know I mean? It's been trending that way with these what guys Le- who have that skill set. What Levante David became in the NFL, Levante but he wasn't used David that was way in like college. That too, yeah. Yeah. It's a very good point. I agree with you on that. And honestly, oh, man, what's the big safety for the Giants? Landon Collins, mm-hmm. people thought, yeah. would end up being that kind of guy, but I don't think he ever evolved. He, I mean, he's still a really good player. And I, you know what? I take that back. You know what? He, he was in that in that realm, too. I take that back. He was He's a good player. Like Dayon Day Buchanan was one of the first guys I remember mm-hmm. being drafted as like a 225-pound linebacker. Go. And be like, well, how's yeah. that going to work? Oh, it does work. Yeah, you just need your – I think the, the hybridism, the multiplicity on the defensive side of the ball is honestly where you're going to end up going in the, you know, the, the, the up-tempo, which Yersich talked about, RPO-based, um, you know what I mean, uh, package play-based, you know, league that we're – and there are no NFL and college plays now. Now it's just all one thing. It's all uh, all morphed into one thing. It's just football plays. In right. that world, I think you need more hybrid defenders, guys who can play. And they got the jack now, right? They announced the jack, all right, which is a hybrid linebacker slash, you know, defensive end. Yeah, that's where the game is going, it's honestly. Nathan Basher would be drafted around higher in this this day and age because you can play safety and play corner for you. You can play all different things. I think it'll help Brandon Jones the next level. The fact you can play Because he got nickel positions. tape. Because he got play. He got, you know, nickel is a hard position to play, man. It really is. At, at every level. Well, now you're looking for those guys who can play in the slot and be, you know, qu- what Quandre Diggs. Now Quandre yeah. Diggs is. People love what Quandre Diggs' skill set is. We knew Quandre was valuable here because he had great instincts. He was physical, especially mm-hmm. for a guy his size. He could cover, and he also could be a guy that could, you know, do a, a myriad of things at the defensive back, and he could tackle. Like, he he was almost just a great football player, right. and that, that's why he was a perfect nickel. It's Texas. like the offensive inverse perfect, of him yeah. is what a 
what I see in Duvernay, all those skills you just said, oh, but that's Samuel. the wide receiver. Debo Samuel's that. One, well, the perfect Debo player Samuel's to defend one yeah. of those would be like the Sean Taylor. Like if you think about somebody yeah. like uh, Shanahan's offense when he's trying to concoct the best ma- mismatch, no matter if it's the guy coming in motion, if it's Debo or if it's Greg Kittle or if it's Juszczyk, yeah. Sean Taylor has the skill set to be yeah. able to go any of those. And very few are able to do such a thing but then be physical enough totally around agree. the line of scrimmage. And that's why somebody like Quandre, his body type as a DB coming up and being that nickel to go and defend against those slot receivers. But he has actually the stout body type that can actually withstand a little bit more than you would think he would. He isn't built like every other 5'9 DB. Yeah. No, Good. It all depends on the matchup. Good segue, Matt, getting us back to offense. Uh, speaking of hybrid players and slot receivers, we'll start talking about the position moves with Jordan Whittington, officially going back to wide receiver. Yeah. We were told it was going to be his decision. And Rod, Matt and I were talking about this before you got in here. Uh, what if I told you that the – actually, let me ask you, who is the – among the Texas wide receivers, who is the career leader in receptions and receiving yards? Among the, the current, right now? Among the current Texas wide receivers. Ooh, receptions and receiving yards. Oh, man. I can't think of a veteran randomly in there that I missed. No, is it Eagles? There it would go. be Brennan Eagles. Eagles. That's with crazy. 33 catches and 557 right. yards. Well, when he dropped yeah. that name, I was like, well, but I bet that he's not the leader in receptions because no, of No, because the active career leader in receptions on this roster is Keontae Ingram with man. 56. 56. Wow. The uh, Among those wide receivers, the Eagles is tied with six career touchdown receptions with Jake Smith. So that tells you the lack of experience you have right now at wide receiver and the uh, need to have Jordan Whittington out there no, just to put as many playmakers on the perimeter as you possibly can. Well, it's always because now you have a, you know, you have a blessing, right, of, of riches, you know, embarrassment of riches, if you will, at running back because Bijan Robinson, the five-star, comes in. Rojo has completely devoted himself, committed himself to the running back position now, yeah. and you you got Keontae Eagles. So because now you got three guys you, you trust, you don't know Bijan yet, but he's a five-star. You assume, you know, he's going he's gonna to be in the mix somewhere. He will be, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you got Keontae, who's a veteran, and you got Rojo that, you know, he's your diamond in the rough. You found him out of nowhere. Thank God for, for him last season. Now you got three's got those three guys. Yeah, I agree. Jordan Whittington at, at wide receiver. But what I loved about the press conference, and Tom Herman said it, actually maybe one of my favorite moments of the press conference when he said, you know, uh, it, it, without, I, he and I I don't believe he, he was even asked. He said, you know, Dole, we're also going to use Jordan Whittington and Jake Smith at running back, too. Mm-hmm. He went out of his way to say it. Nobody asked him. He was yeah. just thinking about Jordan Whittington and Jake Smith and said, whoa, 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 also, we're going to use him at running back. And ultimately, to me, my dream and fantasy for the offense, it fits in those, having the multiplicity of those two guys. And even the Epps move, which we'll talk about, Epps to tight end, which we know he's not a traditional tight end. He's going to be more of a flex tight end. They're going to put some weight on them, but you know, those are guys that can give you matchup advantages across the board. So if you think about it, like, think of think of the uh, the offense, and Shanahan does this, right? Shanahan's got juice check. So juice check is a tight end, but sometimes also he played tight end mm-hmm. at Harvard, but also now he's at fullback. So mm-hmm. he plays tight end, plays fullback, uh, but he also plays H-back for him. And every now and then, they'll, they'll, you know, shuffle him out there, and they'll play the flex or the slot for him. He does so many different things from a down-to-down basis, even within the down, he makes the multiple. Yeah. They'll come out in 21 and somehow end up in 11. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the defense, and, and your and Yursich talks about how they want to go up-tempo. So you combine the up-tempo, which means the defense won't be able to sub in and out. And if you can get Jordan Whittington on the field, even remember remember the spring game, because I talked about it all the mm-hmm. time. Remember the spring game, the 849 beginning. left in the second quarter. You I guys remember. know I remember it, all right? First play, they come out in 21 personnel. They go uh, two-by-one formation, um, and they motion Whittington. To I think he comes out of the backfield. They motion him out of the backfield, and it ends up being a play action pass, and Ingram like gets a, a swing screen. And then the second play, it was two by one formation, twenty one personnel, two backs, one tight end, and they go uh, they motion Whittington to the weak side and throw a quick screen to Jordan Whittington coming out of the backfield. And it's Jordan Whittington and Ingram are your two running backs in the backfield, by the way. And then they go two by two formation. All right, same twenty one personnel for the third. 
wordplay, and then they motion out uh, Winnington into the slot, and they end up and Ingram out, and they end up going empty when they motion Ingram out to the wide side of the field, and they end up in empty formation. Devin Duvernay ends up wide open on a 23-yard crossing route because he's matched up in the slot on a linebacker mm-hmm. or a safety. I got to go back and watch which one it is. But just showing you point, I think they know that with Jordan Whittington on the field, he's the guy. He's their juice check. He can make them multiple. If he's on the field at all times, you can go from 21, per, 21 uh, personnel to 11 personnel. Mm-hmm. Hell, even you can go from a, a 10 personnel look if you want to with Cade Brewer uh, in four wide formation. motion back. You know what I mean? The, the shifts, they're almost infinite. They, and it, it's, it, think about that. If you put Jake Smith mm-hmm. on the field with Whittington, two guys who are both basically running backs with wide receiver tendencies or wide receivers with running back tendencies, however you want to phrase it. Think about, it's like a Rubik's Cube. Well, it's right, just, a Rubik's Cube has, what, like 43 quintillion different combinations and possibilities mm-hmm. because of all these different uh, different variables. And yep. same thing with Jake Smith, same thing with Jordan Whittington. You get them on the field at the same time. And I would say that with Epps, too, yeah. because he can be a wide receiver and a tight end. The, the, the possibilities are infinite, and the defense will not be able to adjust if you have just one adjustment that if they come out trying to defend your 21 personnel with heavy set with their with their three linebackers, then you know, okay, with our 21 personnel, with Jordan Whittington and with Jake Smith on the field, we're going to go empty formation. Mm-hmm. All right? And we're going to match their linebackers on our safeties, and we're going to go hurry up, and then we're just going to pick at that wound until it becomes a festering, infectious, you know what I mean, pus uh, field sore. And then they'll have to either call a timeout to adjust to it, or we're going to score points. You know what I mean? Like, it, it really is that yeah. simple to me, and I think you can do that in a number of ways, but it does kind of revolve around the development of Jake Smith, Jordan Winnington, and Malcolm Epps. Yeah, and the main thing, uh, like when you were talking about that, totally reminded me of seeing how Joe Brady at the Saints used his players and how what was the Kamara role or Edwards Hilaire, who would become just Moss. stuck. He yeah. used Thaddeus Moss and like that. And that was yeah. the Moss tight was end that was his yeah. flex out that would we would see maybe is Epps being able to play that role. And the thing is, is once you be able to get the more pieces that are interchangeable, and this is why yeah. we criticize Payton does it with even Saints. at times though we criticized the succinct like exact roles of our receivers that they were not even interchangeable for one another because when you start to talk about all the machinations and if you're able to get say a running back that can also flex out to tight end to also be out at wide receiver like you did with the use check type guy well you know now you're opening up a portal of literally like 15 more combinations that other teams just cannot have mathematically because you have only five skill guys and if you're already penciling in three receivers to distinct roles, then mathematically, if you can't interchange those guys with them, it really does make you so much more predictable. But if you have something like Ustick, where you have him being able to motion to all five spots and then have wide receivers that are interchangeable, you can get to the point that you literally have 120 different combinations exactly when right. you go down from five times four times three times two if they were to all be interchangeable. Now, very few of the running backs or tight ends, normally you can't because the tight end can only flex out. Tight ends can't come back. So then it's yeah, more of a four times three times two times, but that's still But if you're San good. Fran and yes. you have Juice Debo can. Samuel and you have Juice Check yep. and you have Kittle, yes. Kittle is a guy that basically... Even he even comes into that play fullback. Exactly. He yes. plays fullback for him. He plays H-back for him. So you're Hell, talking... If they split out Kittle, you can't. You better put a corner on him. Yeah, Hell, he's, going he's, he's a tight end. So all of those different things. I agree with you. There's no, 120 I, spots, yeah, so, but right. if you go and that's take it to the point that you have specific roles of your receivers and now you only have like say one receiver that can motion in and one tight end that can motion out you're starting to get a couple multiplicity but it's still only six to eight Agreed. combos it's super so it's once you can add up these type of guys or get them interchangeable together it really does make it to where the opponent just have a never-ending laundry list of possibilities to in defend. their mind that they cannot they then anything. play a trend they in a quick Tyler trend Lando. exactly they become Tyler Lando there you go. Just, <laughs> it's just, pretty you know, crazy <laughs> to think about it but it's no, it that is. simple because he in your in your just talks about he said the reason we go up tempo is to disrupt the communication of the defense and another reason that you do it is so they won't be able to sub in and out. Keep they the mismatch once just you keep the mismatch. the mismatch. Just put your 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 11 players out there. If you got mm-hmm. three hybrids out there, which Whittington and uh, Jake Smith and Elps are, then you can, if you know how to freak it and you know how to adjust, there's mm-hmm. no way to really defend it. You'll find the mismatch. There's a mismatch on the field with one of those three guys. Yeah. You just have to shift and motion and be able to find it. You got a senior quarterback in Sam Ellinger 
Give him the check. Give him the ability to manipulate the numbers. If they come out trying to defend the run with heavy personnel, then that's easy. Let's go empty and let's put Jordan Whittington in the slot, Jake Smith in the slot on one side, and Epps, and let's figure out, all right, where's the mismatch? It's pretty easy to find. And if they want to defend with five DBs and six DBs, all right, that's pretty easy too. Then we'll go heavy personnel. We'll turn one of those guys into a blocker, and we'll win the numbers advantage that way. Because, I mean, think about it. Even with, let's say you want to go. And Eagles played a lot of positions. And now you can go 12 personnel. You got good tight ends, right? You got good tight ends. So, Kate Brewer and your good tight ends. And you can use Epps or not if you want to. But I think if you develop those tight ends, you can get to the point, because Shanahan loves to use 12 personnel, too. I know we're bringing Mm -hmm. up Shannon a lot, but he's one of those top He's one of the engineers. Yes. And with your 12 personnel, dude, you can go from 12 with Whittington on the field. You can go go to 22. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? If they want to go, if they want to defend you with DBs, you can end up going to 22, spread with, with Epps on the field. Then you can spread them back out. They end up going 11 because you got Whittington and Epps on the field. It's a that's where the I missing mean, you, piece would be yeah, the tight end for Texas. Yeah, though, the tight end. Tight but end. now you you got I think you got a tight end. You can you can money ball it as Jeff says because you got Cade Brewer who's a staple. But then you can freak him. You ain't got You ain't got to go to all these different yeah. combos and sets. But choose one you like. Choose a twenty-one personnel package. Or the don't be all eleven all the time. In my opinion, I think I think they got to get out of that because your, your your personnel is too diversified. Yeah. You know, get into twelve personnel. Get into twenty-one every now and then. Well, and be able to manipulate the defense. I, you look I, at those feature guys being Smith in the interchangeable part of Whittington, it makes it easier for them to be able to do that. Like yeah. uh, The more I think about it, the more it, it's probably the most frustrating game to watch last season was the TCU game because when Kay Brewer goes out with the ankle injury, they bring in Reese Leto and Jared Wiley, who Tom Herman would later say probably aren't ready for that kind of role. Yeah. In the 43 plays, official snaps they had with Kay Brewer out of the game, they were in 11 personnel for 42 of them. And the one they weren't, they were in 12 personnel. Yeah. And like, so you got Roshan Johnson and Keontae Ingram. They ran the slot fade once with Devin Duvernay, got a touchdown off of it, and never went back to it. And yet you just stuck with 11 personnel the whole game. Why? Yeah. You knew what the problem was, and you didn't solve the problem. Exactly. And I mean, you don't have Cade Brewer. You don't have a legitimate tight end. So if you don't have a legitimate tight end, then go to what your strength is. Your strength was wide receivers. You should have been spreading them out, going 10 personnel, and then been having a package to be able to run out of 10 personnel. Because you can run out of 10 personnel. The Especially NFL, with the quarterback. The, exactly, the NFL is just learning this with the Arizona Cardinals. They act like it's an epiphany. Hmm, hmm. They're like, the Arizona Cardinals are like top five in yards per carry in the league. Yeah. It's amazing. They have no great, they, they don't have a great O line. David Johnson's been hurt. They just traded for Kenyon Drake. We can't understand why. It's like, yep, yeah, well, it's math. That's what it yeah. is because right. they're running 10 personnel. So you're going to match up with their four wide receivers across the board. Now yeah. run it all the time, but they run it majority of the time mm-hmm. and they run it more than anybody else in the NFL. By and then when far. you match up with your five DBs to go with their four wide receivers, then they have the advantage in the box. It is just mm-hmm. that simple. Like it ain't, and with it ain't the QB run, and when your fastest guy on your entire team's your quarterback, <laughs> yeah. it makes it so much easier. Exactly. To, and that's why and Chase Edmonds can have some of those insane games because it's just manipulating well, somebody that's not adjusting to that. Well, and when Kyler Murray if is your plus the one, and it does help to have a quarterback that is a kind of a freak in the running game, but when he's your plus one, and you outnumber him in the running game and you can do all types of freaky, you can use all kind of cheat codes to RPOs. Hell, you know, their RPOs are what I call zone read RPOs. They're they're Z RPOs. You know what I mean? Because they still have the zone read as a part of the RPO, but then they could he could keep it or he could decide to run it as a quarterback, hand it off, or he could decide to pass it on a pop pass. I mean, it could go a number of ways, more things to defend. And yeah, that's why they're successful running. You don't always have to just have a, a, a clear advantage on the offensive line. Schematically, you can still find ways to run the football, even without of a spread look. Yeah. Tell Herman needs they need to do that too. I mean, that needs to be a part of this this new transformation that you can spread people out and yet let Sam Ellinger and your veteran running backs or your featured backs and so many talented backs in the backfield, they can be able to just win one-on-one battles up front. Yeah, and to numbers for what you were just saying, when Arizona, the rest of the NFL, never had more. We had Seattle with 79 plays in four wide, Arizona 205, nobody else over 40. Yeah, so you had 48 for one other. So basically, like almost the entire NFL's bottom 27 teams didn't combine for as much as for and it was strictly sort of what you were saying yeah. the idea of just the air raid and being able to use the space on the field to vacate bodies from the box and then exactly go right. to whatever's open yeah, in the it, space it's interesting too how football evolves and one thing begets another and you can trace it back at some point to something that was taking place in the 20s and 30s rod what you're talking about is basically the new millennium version of the triple option exactly what it is. you know yeah just, you're I just totally doing agree. you're just doing 
doing it from the shotgun, and instead of multiple mm-hmm. run reads, you got multiple pass reads. Exactly what it is. Hell, didn't Mike, Mike Gundy said that? Yeah, right. Well, and Mike, that's talking about Oklahoma. He he's like, he's Oklahoma. like, basically, he's like, it's yeah. a wishbone. They're just doing it from the shotgun and throwing the ball. And, and instead of yeah. the pitchman playing the edge rusher, a run pass options, just playing that quick linebacker, and you're making the one person commit with the numbers mismatch on the two on one, identified in the middle in of the play and manipulate. Put a it. defender in conflict. Put a defender in conflict and force him to make a hell of a play. Yeah. And I, two guys. You know, we didn't see enough of that last year. That's why I like your such coming in. I like, as I said, those moves that they're, you know, the, the Jordan Whittington, the wide receiver, but, but, but the, the Kim Kardashian size, but no, we're going to use him at running back too. And so we're going to do the same thing with Jake Smith. I love that. I don't think they did enough of that with Devin DuVernay, honestly. Should right. more of that with DuVernay. Then we saw DuVernay, you can maybe count on one hand the number of times they motioned him into the backfield and handed him the ball. Got a touchdown off it in the West Virginia game. Oh, no. Just didn't see enough of it. I, and I think that's when you hear you hear Mike Yersich talk as he did this week, and you hear Tom Herman talk about where they want the offense to go. It's pretty clear, Rod, that he realizes now they left a lot of meat on the bone, and they just no got question. they've got to be more diverse. They've got to be they've got to have a better plan on how to get your playmakers involved. And I know that sounds simple, but man, it is. You, yeah. you can't for you to have as good of a year statistically as you had and to be eight and five. Something was amiss. Something was amiss. Um, having you know Duvernay have the kind of year that he had having Sam be the caliber of quarterback that he is. John, I know Colin Johnson was hurt every now and then, but even Brendan Eagles had a pretty damn good year for a guy who had his first kind of starting year as a starter on offense. Keontae Ingram um, yeah, and four, Rojo. Four 100-yard games. I think Roshan Johnson had two or three. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, they were in the, it, it, it just didn't, it didn't, it's almost like the Cowboys, like, with the, you know, Dak's great stats, and you go look at Zeke and the rush, you're like, man, are you serious? They had, they, those guys had great years, and yet it didn't. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't result in wins, and that means there's a there's something lost in the translation. It should have been. It should have added up to more wins. There were crucial times where Texas was out coached, and that's clearly the case because we are meeting new coaches. The uh, the move of Whittington to wide receiver. I know he's going to be in the slot, but he's got enough size that if you want to put him outside at some point and really be diverse, you can. I just love. And Matt mentioned this earlier. It didn't didn't go in depth, but you mentioned it, Matt. So I want to get back to it. You know, Brendan Eagles now knows the X and the Z position in this offense. Joshua Moore knows H and he knows Z. So now you've got guys that have cross-trained multiple positions, Rod, mm-hmm. to where we're talking about now. Now when you get into the up-tempo stuff, if you tell Joshua Moore, hey, go to H this possession, it's not going to freak him out. Yep. Positionless have- football. And, and the other thing, too, the Josh Moore situation, that still is what it is. And Tom Herman kind of clarified, his suspension was for games last year. He still practiced with the team. He was on the practice squad. I saw him at the bowl game on the practice squad wearing the, the, the black jersey. And yeah. we would see him every now and then this year with the black jersey basically playing the other team's best receiver on the scout team. That was kind of his role. So that legal situation, it sounds like it's getting close to reaching a resolution that I think will result in him being able to play in 2020. So now you're talking about a guy that has the ability to take the top off a of defense. You had Whittington out there. If you can get an, a better idea of what you're doing with Jake Smith. I saw Marcus Washington in spurts last year. I still don't know why John Burt was getting more run than him, but that's drama for another day. Um, yeah, you know Tom Herman likes veterans, though. He's all about, you know, the veteran presence proving something in practice. But I like I like the potential of this receiver group a whole heck of a lot. One thing I do want to talk about is the tight end position, and I know we just went over it a lot, but to me it's the most intriguing position in the whole program because you've got a guy like Cade Brewer who, I mean, at this point, can we call Cade Brewer just a, a pretty a pretty solid Steady. hand? And you're on your, on your NFL hit rate and bust rate uh, theory and study, um, that has been ongoing forever. He would just be right now a starter, just a starter, yeah, the starting, the starting he's caliber player, starting yeah. caliber not player. Not on that NFL level, but, but he's, he's exactly not, what you think yeah. of when you think of a tight end. Yeah, no, he's, he's, been, he's been steady, and that's by the way, that's exactly. not insult. Yeah, nope. that's, he's a good player, but uh, waiting for him to take the next step is a five-tool tight end. I don't know that he's going to get there. He's a he's a, he he's a he's a he's a three-tool tight end. So you've got him. Tools he's missing. I got to. You've got Brewer. You've got Reese Latow. But then the rest of those guys are the three. Dimensional tight ends. The three, but the three, the three guys you've got. I think this is the challenge. This is the challenge for Mike Yersich, for Tom Herman, and and for Jay Bolware as the tight ends coach. Can you develop Braden Lybrock, Jared Wiley, and or Malcolm Epps? If you can get two of those three to where you can rely on them for a decent number of snaps per game, it completely changes what you do with that position. I totally agree. Can change the complexion of the offense. I, you know, Cade Brewer. Like I can say I'm with you. You know, he's steady. He's uh, he's great. Uh, Reese 
Reese Latow. I mean, he's another guy, right? You got to try. I mean, I think, did Reese Latow get the most tight end snaps behind um, yeah. Cade Brewer, probably? Yep. So he's another guy. You got to you gotta start. To, I mean, as a receiving threat, he was a non-factor. Yeah. I can't remember him going out on a route, actually. I don't that, remember. That's the thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they, he was a one-dimensional tight end. You can, mm-hmm. One-dimensional tight ends, unless you're Sean Payton, it's hard to use those It almost guys. just tips off what you're doing. You know what I mean? At, right. Well, exactly. Unless your 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 formations and your schemes are so deceptive, which or is Sean Payton you're is. using him as deception. Yeah. So I, I yeah for he, they, I'm with you. They got to develop Reslaytown. You got to develop you know Jared Wiley. You know turn those guys into multi-dimensional tight ends. Not just a guy that's out there who's a, a great blocker or a glorified fullback or one guy who can you know run routes for you. You know you want a guy that can at least be able to number one be able to be a receiving threat. Number two be able to be a factor in the running game as a blocker or a factor in the passing game as a blocker. Yeah. And I don't think other than Cade Brewer, I don't know if any of those guys are more than one dimension. That's why I said it, it's, it's, a, it's the most fascinating position on this roster to me to figure out. That's why Epps is there. Can, can you get Epps. something out of a couple of those guys? Man, if they can do, if they can turn Epps into that, if they, with the strength and conditioning staff, add some pounds to him, I don't know how much, and then turn him into a guy that's at least effort-wise a ferocious blocker because his size and just effort alone, he'll be effective enough. He's not going to He's not gonna be, you know, George Kittle. He's not going to pancake guys. You know, I don't see that right now. But if, just his, if you can get him just excited about blocking and taking pride in it and having effort in it, because right now he's a, we, I described him as a Great Dane yesterday. You know what I mean? He's, mm-hmm. he's, and the Great Danes are awesome. They're huge. If you've ever been around a Great Dane, they're majestic and you're almost frightening to be around sometimes. And you realize they're just teddy bears. Like, yes. Great Dane, like, huge you, know, you teddy get too bear. loud, a Great Dane will, like, kind of shiver. Great Danes are not, you know what I mean? They're not really bred to be attacked off. They're big, they're just big sweethearts. Like, big and, Boban. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> unfortunately, that is Malcolm Epps right now. He's huge and majestic, but not really physical. And for some reason, he doesn't have a, a catch radius, should be larger for a guy that size. And that's because he's not physical and ferocious enough at the point of attack. So uh, that, that's just a mentality thing. To me, To me, uh, Malcolm Epps' issue is less about the physical talent, more about his mentality as a guy that is six freaking Because you've six, seen him so jump before. Hell he is. Yeah, I've seen, yeah, I've no, seen like, him be. I've like, seen him both. It's him accidental Bebo. athleticism he's displayed. Like, as you yeah. said, like that he, it, you can tell, like, he, he isn't going full speed. Who knows if the game hasn't slowed down for him? What is yeah. causing him? Because you've seen flashes oh, no within question. the body type. But I, then I know you wonder here. why when the 50 50 ball's up there and it's like he it's isn't near, higher I'm than like, Oh my God, he's going to do something crazy. It. And it's like, he just goes over. I'm like, What's going on here? I'm waiting for you to do something, but Colin, that's what we see from Colin Johnson, and we're waiting for that, and that's a that, back That's comparison. what, you know, Jared, Jared Wiley's almost the opposite, right? Like, the physical stuff is there with him. Like, he's willing to stick his nose in there yeah. and mix it up. It's just, can he become enough of a well-rounded receiver to be relied upon consistently? The fight. physical yeah. tools are there for him to do it. It's just, yeah. can he get there? And then with Braden Lybrock, you're talking about, Rod, again, one of those one-dimensional guys, tremendous receiver. But to me, if you're if you're looking at a guy that's got a chance, and I don't know if this is his ceiling or not, a guy that's got a chance to be kind of Bo Scaife, David Thomas. To me, it's Brayden Lybrock, just from the standpoint of a guy whose receiving skills are good enough to get him on the field. Can he do what those two guys did, and by the time he leaves Texas, become a complete legitimate five tool tight end? And and the truth is, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to bring it up <clears throat> on my show and and even here on the Blitz. You know that 2004 Texas team. It was. Uh, if you go look in the backfield, right, that backfield is what's that said be in that backfield. Is, is, Jamal, is Jamal Charles there? Jamal no. Charles is there. Yeah. Jamal no, Jamal Charles, Charles is not there. Not Ramon's here. Taylor He's is there. No, no Ramon's Taylor. Is yeah. Ramon Taylor there? Yes. Ramon Taylor is there. Ramon's so Will that Matthews. Backfield, Selvin Young is in that mm-hmm. backfield, right? As a freshman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that backfield, it, it, it was loaded. And if you remember, they played a lot of 12 personnel, a lot of one-back, two tight ends, because both Scaife and Dave Thomas was, all, was on the field a lot together. Uh-huh. They were on the field a ton together. And you only had Tony Jeffrey really is Yeah, receiver. exactly, exactly. You didn't have great receivers. You had like one or two guys. It was Texas, so you didn't. Have, so I actually love, think about the running backs you have right now. You Selvin got, actually was limited to two games that also year. Said, yeah, Selvin didn't play. Well, you had he was B. a freshman there, but you he had was on that B, team. So you didn't, yeah, you didn't really need him. And I I, I realized Ramont's was uh, also the uh, fresh, freshman in, you yeah. said? Ramont's only year, had Ramont. 28 carries. I mean, you're, it was just you're, said B. Your rushing numbers in terms of carries, uh, Cedric Benson, 326, Vince Young, 167. 
the, so next, the next closest was Will Matthews with 38. So it was a V. It was a, <laughs> it, basically your rushing attack because it was VY and it was said B. And I, obviously, VY is a different phenomenon. Ramon's on the end around. But in terms of just stealing different concepts and trying to steal some of the ideas to help you maximize the talent you have, that, you're, you're tight in room. If you, I'm, not, I'm with you. If you can ever get anything out of one other guy other than Cade Brewer, Malcolm Ebbs or Reese Laytow or any of those guys, Lee Brock, any of those guys, man, you can start getting in a 12 personnel packages, serious, legit 12 personnel packages where I like how Iowa State does, right? Yeah. Where teams literally have to respect the fact that you can just run downhill on them because you got legit blockers, or you can decide, no, 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 these guys can get open on your linebackers and your safeties. They're not going to be David Thomas and, and Bo Scaife. Hmm. No, they ain't got that. It was what but, the Patriots <laughs> had originally with Gronk and, and Hernandez because her, yeah, no that doubt. was a power run game back then in like, it was. The, like 2011. They were going there. And it's route. a simple math problem, right? It's like, okay, I got two tight ends. What are they doing? Do they have five to six DBs? Are they defending the pass? If they're going to defend the pass, then we're going to line them up double tight and we're going to run downhill. If they're going to put linebackers in, three to four linebackers to defend the run because they think we're going to run it on them, then let's spread these great tight ends out and let's find that matchup mm-hmm. or mismatch on the linebackers. Hell, Baltimore's say simple doing it right now. Yeah, the so Ravens. I, if they, man, that's that's why it, man, it makes life a whole lot easier for Sam if you can get you know two or three of those tight ends to function at a high level. Alright, it's time for our first break on this week's show, but there is plenty of Texas football talk on the other side, so do not go anywhere. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. Something we always talk about. If you can get to where you legitimately can have a 12 personnel package be something you can get in as a base package, Ooh. well, in a short week, you're just giving somebody else. That's a defensive coordinator has got to waste a couple practice periods on figuring out, okay, here, here's they do run 12 personnel. We'll try to figure out what they're doing. And you might not run 12 that week, but at least they've got, to, place. they've got to waste time figuring out what you're going to do out of it if totally it becomes agree. an effective formation for you, totally grouping agree. for you. Yeah. And it never really clicked in my mind because people kept on talking all year, like, what is this Baltimore Ravens offense like and what we just talked about like that 04 Texas team was built very similar to the way that Baltimore built their running attack and their team with That's their tight bad. ends and then That's you have good. one wide receiver maybe two with Jeffrey and Ramones was a vertical threat that would be an in around guy but like when they had just Lamar and the ability to have two tight ends where Andrews was your scafe almost like your guy that was the yeah. overall threat but your Hayden Hurst was your young like first round pick tight end type guy that your D Tom and then you have the running back in the game in there. I mean, it just seemed similar personnel-wise that Texas was running then, and they sort of spawned that offseason, the idea of the zone read, and there was the time of the emergence of the pistol. So, like, those things weren't even in vogue yet, but it was just weird to see yeah. how that came full circle 15 years later. Yeah, looking back at that 2004 Texas team, Tony Jeffrey was your leading receiver with 33 catches. He only went for 437 and two touchdowns. Uh, 34 receptions. The both yeah. gave 26 catches to 340 and two touchdowns. David Thomas and, and when Vince mm-hmm. Young really got when he when VY started to really take off, you saw David Thomas yep. emerge even nice, more. beautiful safety. Da- David Thomas averaged over 17 yards a catch that year. Because he was that safety blanket. Every time that defense started collapsing on VY, he improvised, kept the play alive. Go look at how many of those David Thomas crossed the middle. David Thomas beating a linebacker to the corner. <laughs> I remember my, my kind of epiphany, yeah. epiphany moment for what Vince Young could be, just thinking for to 2005 was that Rose Bowl against Michigan and there was one play where it's like a little read option almost like a little pop pass and like a zone. you see it's David like Thomas re- leak yeah. out yeah. and the safety's got to make a decision if I come up and take Vince Young he's going to throw for a touchdown if I cover David Thomas he's going to run for it and just thinking like wow you can have this almost every play where you're just putting that safety that linebacker in a constant conflict situation and no matter what you do in the USC <laughs> game that's how you end up yeah. with 10 for 80 for D Tom and then yeah. you also whenever well, they don't commit to him it's Vince running for 267. Well, and, 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 you know, and, and we'll get, obviously, talk Texas here because I know we're kind of getting off here. But this is what the NFL has finally figured out about mm-hmm. the quarterback position, and it is beautiful. And it's that, you know what, I'll take the high risk with the ball player at quarterback now. That's better. And I know that was a prototype, but it's worth the high risk having a guy that, yes, he may throw more picks or he may not be as accurate or, you know, whatever your yeah, – He may not be the prototype, whatever your criticism of him is. But a Deshaun Watson, um, a Lamar Jackson, a Kyla Murray, um, you know, Josh Allen even, you know, these guys, their potential for boom over bust is exponentially higher than the guys that you, the, the safer pick, the 
the safer yep. option just because they fit in a certain mode, in a certain prototype, and they uh, com- you compartmentalize the quarterback position. And that's what basically we're talking about with VY. That's why he changed the game, and that's mm-hmm. why that's what's happening now in the NFL. That's why it's they're going to take chances on more and more quarterbacks like that. Oh, yeah. Because if that's VY would have landed with Harbaugh, yeah. it would have been like this well, because at this that, time period, it would just be a different yeah. world. Like to, that risk yeah. wasn't being well, taken. Well, Patrick Mahomes, too. Like he was a gunslinger, but oh, yeah. Andy Reid was like, no, 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 in the right system, I can synthesize this guy, minimize the mistakes, <laughs> maximize the reward, and watch what I come up with. And, and same thing with Lamar Jackson, yep. with John Harbaugh, and the same thing is happening, hopefully. Well, I don't know. With Deshaun Watson. Yeah, or, maybe or maybe well, not. Well, well, know, well, the same thing with Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> like, they tried yes, that with Trubisky, but, you know but I mean, it didn't work. The, but it's yeah. the boom bust, the hyper-athlete yeah. that can also have yeah. a sustained passing and, game that we can build something new age around his skill set. And, and not even new age. Just remix. Yeah. Just yeah. steal like, Remix the old the stuff. Just yeah. go steal. Yeah. Why many times we tell Tom Harmon, steal that play. Mm-hmm. STB, steal that play. Go yeah. steal that There's concept. no proprietary stuff. Yeah, you don't get sued it, for it. Sam Ellinger there ain't be no great trademarks. And getting back to Texas, Sam Ellinger, you know, he is a unique talent. At How many times do we say Sam Ellinger is not really a quarterback? Sam Ellinger was a great football player. Sam Ellinger is a really good athlete that we're trying to turn into a great football player who happens to play the quarterback position. And now you're trying to refine that skill set to play quarterback at a really high level. And by the way, he's he's performing mm-hmm. at an extremely high level. But I yeah. think that's where the Bam Bam Sam and all that comes from. Sam's a really good football player in yeah. the end. It's and like now, the idea that Tebow, what Tebow could have been a H-backer of tight end that we talked about. Same Sam's thing. that Sam is kind of like that. Yeah, I totally agree. So, and that's why he gets a Tebow comparison. So it, it almost, to me, is a disservice when Tom Herman and you know the offensive staff, when they don't use that more. Like t- There's so many plays I look and go, damn, Sam should be running that play. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that's, mm-hmm. that, that's play Sam is great for that play, mm-hmm. and I don't see that type of creativity to, to maximize his right. talent. So those are the moves on offense. Just to recap, Roshan Johnson sticking at running back, Jordan Whittington the wide receiver, Malcolm Epps the tight end, and Joshua Moore with the team going to practice in a full tilt capacity. We'll see what happens with the legal situation if he can play in games in 2020. Yeah. Going over to defense, we already talked about the Demarvion overshone move from safety to linebacker, and the the terminology is just going to change. You've just got to get used to it so the the mac and the rover are out as far as your two inside linebacker positions it's now the mike and the will just being a little bit a little bit more traditional with how you're labeled your positions and the b backer rod you hit on it earlier is now the jack linebacker and it's not you're you're not gonna notice well you probably will notice it because it's it's kind of a significant change but you know the the thing that frustrated me a lot about todd orlando's three-man front was the fact that he kept his ends pinched in tight so often All and the time. It, it, I, makes I, it so I tough to defend the edge. I mean, yeah, and I don't know if so it was tough. just a fear of teams lining up and running it down your throat. And and nobody was nobody was able to do that against Texas. But it didn't matter if you're asking your nickels and jokers to set the edge against 300 pound guards all day. Well, teams can gash you in the run, and you can be really strong up the middle, and it doesn't matter. So you're gonna see the ends play wider shades, and the jack linebacker is what's gonna allow you to be more of a true four man front. He's gonna be a stand up outside linebacker be playing more towards the line of scrimmage what he did in the Alamo rushing the passer exactly his Alamo Bowl role is what he'll play now the entire season all all Chris Ash or Tom Herman would have to tell me is if I ask the question is is Joseph Osai going to be dropping 15 yards (laughs) in coverage more than maybe twice a season if you tell me no then okay cool great schematically call call that position whatever you want to call it schematically teams are going to try to get him out of the box and that should be their that should be their uh, you know their duty their responsibility. You shouldn't be taking him out of the box with your defensive scheme. Because there is be a choice him, that can be made yeah, with the coach. He should be pass rushing end. or run stuffing. And if, yes, a great offensive mind like Mike Gundy or Lincoln Riley ends up with their scheme putting him back in coverage because they specifically isolate him as a defender and kind of build formation around getting him out of the box, like, I totally get that. Like in basketball, that getting a switch, engineering <laughs> the switch yeah, to get the bad defender. But some, too, way too often last year, the scheme would have him dropping back in coverage or covering some zone in coverage and I'm and somebody else blitz some safety blitzing mm-hmm. and I'm like no, no 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 don't blitz the safety just blitz O'Sai the closer just, guy have him coming well not not that because mm-hmm. he's special yeah it's, it's different when yes I understand trying to deceive the offense and get pressure with deception and simulated pressure and all that but when you have when you discovered O'Sai when mm-hmm. you discovered that oh this guy's got a Sunday skill set oh when he's pass rushing he's our best pass rusher. When he's run stuffing, 
He's our best run stuffer. There's an argument. And sometimes when he's driving back in zone coverage, he's your best zone defender. He proved that a couple of times too. But my point is <laughs> to his what, own detriment, basically. But, but the, exactly. But the, you, it's a coach. You're a problem solver. Solve the problem. What was your problem? Couldn't get pressure on the quarterback. Okay. Who can help you uh, solve and remedy that issue? Well, Joe Fasai is your best pass rusher. In these pass rushers, with the All most right, minimal you know amount of changes. Exactly. He's pass rushing as much as we can do it. If anytime there's a anytime they're passing, he's pass rushing. What did, what, what what about when they're running? Well, he's run stuff. He's just gonna set the edge every damn time. We got a problem setting the edge. He's gonna set one edge. The other edge will will overcompensate. We'll bring another defender over there so we'll have numbers in the edge that way. He, they never solved the problem, and I didn't understand in the Alamo Bowl everything that we had been begging for, screaming for to put them in, in the front seven, to put them at the line of scrimmage. They did that more, and look at what happened. Joseph Asai was the best version of himself. It just was. It was. It, I didn't get it. I was stupefied by it, man. There was a point in the season where I understood kind of what they were doing by playing him in more of a true linebacker role, but then after a couple of games of watching that, I didn't decide I didn't want to die on that hill. I was like, no, this is stupid. You should have him. You should have him playing off the edge. Make him. Make him your Sergio Kendall. Yeah, and maybe next happen. year he could do that, but not this year. Well, yeah. and when you have a thing uh, like a situation where you have all these different potential outcomes and you need to remedy a solution, when you have something like that that can real quickly with one clear, concise answer remedy something, that simplified aspect really can be undervalued because you can really murky things and because you decide to use him somewhere else, the opportunity cost affects the impact, all 11 that's on there, and now you are taking down your ceiling immediately, right. but when you're trying to remedy something, if you have an answer and it is only one outcome to align or changing and now having to bring in another player to learn something else, if both are going to be playing a position that possibly could compromise the defense, well then why take one out of his strength, which was his label, which was your utmost need, and then you can worry about whatever the possible mm-hmm. deficiency is and then view the conference and start looking, well, what's most optimal? Should we be worried about maybe giving up something in the run or should we really be most focused what's going to give the money when it's going to be getting to the pass rusher and that's going to be the thing that's going to get you the money plays that get to the quarterback and if you're able to do that in that league to where assessing the value of what you're engineering like what your choice of attack is that's the first mistake you made because you probably made the wrong choice because you took away from the pass defense and the pass mm-hmm. rush to go and maybe help in other areas like along the defense line then you're adding in somebody to that situation that isn't as effective and he isn't in his strongest role so all those outcomes really do murky themselves all right break time on the show we've got some football talk on the other side but it is also going to be time to wrap it up and put it in the oven and we will do that as we close out another edition of longhorn blitz with horns 24 7 asthma symptoms can attack anywhere like on a city street (coughs) now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved primatine mist the only fda approved asthma inhaler available over the counter so whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. (sighs) For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Beep's coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today by texting OFFER to 84888. Get in on major bundle savings with Purple's President's Day Sale. Save up to $350 on a mattress and sleep bundle. Bundle up and save big when you text OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Beep's coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. 
Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today by texting OFFER to 84888. Get in on major bundle savings with Purple's President's Day Sale. Save up to $350 on a mattress and sleep bundle. Bundle up and save big when you text OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. <coughs> Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Beep's coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm gonna just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you. And I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today by texting OFFER to 84888. Get in on major bundle savings with Purple's President's Day Sale. Save up to $350 on a mattress and sleep bundle. Bundle up and save big when you text OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn, 1049-1019 AM1260, streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. You can get Rod B. on the Rodcast each and every weekday from 1 to 3. Shameless plug. Thanks to Matt, you can get our archives, classic shows, and interviews on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. And you can get Longhorn Blitz along with the other Horns 24-7 podcast, State of Recruiting and the Flagship, by searching Horns 24-7 Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, anywhere you get your podcasts. Just search Horns 24-7 Podcast. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family. I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.